Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio. If they want to take my guns, they're going to have to bring a station wagon and a whole lot of friends because I'm not giving them anything. From the Car Firearms Group Studio. On the Sig Sauer Platinum Microphone. Mark, we know they want to take our guns, and now we're going to make them eat it. Freedom might be an uphill battle sometimes, but freedom will always prevail. Proudly presented to you by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. Here is your host of Armed American Radio, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting for your rights, Mark Walters. 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 And here we go. Mics are live at Armed American Radio Ranch's car firearm. Arms Group Studios today. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom today and every day right now on the Sig Sauer Powerful and Platinum Microphone. And you heard on the intro, it's all being brought to you and presented to you today and every day by the great X Insurance. Greg over in Dallas, Texas, my brother from another mother, my right hand wingman. How you doing, brother? Uh, not too bad. Pretty cold over Welcome. here. Yeah, well, you sent it our way. Don't feel bad. It is winter time. <laughs> yeah, we've had single digits for a couple nights in a row and I'll be honest with you, you know, the I'll throw the uh, the shameless plug out. The cutting-edge firewood has been roaring at AAR Ranch. For like, oh, man, is that stuff good. Lights with one match, and when it's gone, it's just ash. Oh, it's well. great stuff. Cuttingedgefirewood.com, ladies and gentlemen. If you live somewhere cold, and you likely do, unless you're living in Florida or somewhere way down south where it even got cold, cuttingedgefirewood.com has you covered. They got us covered here at the ranch. Greg, would you be kind enough to tell people where to go to watch this program in high definition and to tune in and on the Listen Live buttons and get in on the chat and all that fun stuff before we go to our guest, John Lott. Sure. If you'd like to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com on the right-hand side of that website. You're going to see the menu icon. Just give that a click, and when you do, that window's going to open up with the Watch Live, the Listen Live, and the podcast link. If you would like to get caught up on anything you may have missed, uh, we've also got a shop link if you'd like to support the show, so head over there and pick you something nice up. If you'd like to join our live chat, all you have to do is head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Boom, pow, zam. That'll get you in, like those old cartoon boom, pow, zam things. Remember that when you were watching those cartoons when you were a kid? I need some of so, those. The, yeah, a shot of boom, pow, zam might not be a bad idea. So this is a pre-shot show departure broadcast today. Yes, it is. Uh, it's amazing to me how fast that week comes every year. Anybody who's listened to me over the last 15 years knows the first thing I say when I get back on the jet to come home is, golly, in 358 days, i got to do this again. And boom, here it is again. Seems like yesterday. But uh, there will be no live Armed American Radio daily defense broadcast from SHOT Show this year. We're going out there strictly business this time. And Bill Frady from Lock and Load Radio is kind enough to sit in the seat for me for the daily defense Monday through Friday coming up this week and we thank bill for that he joined us on the friday show to kind of set us up for all that fun stuff so if you enjoy listening to the daily defense show you will be hearing bill frady monday through friday let's go to our first guest dr john lott crimeresearch.org crimeresearch.org john how are you my friends great to be here with you today Uh, it's great to talk to you thanks for having me on 
I'm, I'm sad that you're not going to be there. I, I always get an opportunity to see you out in Vegas or you get to sit across from me and we get to do some radio together. I'm going to miss you while you're out there. But uh, boy, oh boy, uh, it's going to be a, a different week for me, not broadcasting and just kind of roaming around and networking and getting some business done. So um, let's get started uh, on the radio. It would have been nice to week. see you, that's for sure. Yeah, likewise. Well, listen, let's get started. And, boy, you've, I've got a lot of ground to cover with you for the hour today, and I don't know that we're going to get to all of it. We generally don't, but you have got a ton, a, just a ton of information to unpack on your updated information on mass public shootings from 98 through October 23. Now, you and I have talked about this before briefly, but the list in here and the, the graphs, et cetera, and the charts – are fascinating with the breakdown. Ladies and gentlemen, as we say down south, you're fixing to hear something that the mainstream media will never, ever tell you. And there's also a demographic by race breakdown on here. John, let's get started with updated info on mass public shootings from 1998 through October 2023, which is your latest publication up at crimeresearch.org. Let's get into the weeds with this. You ready? Sure. Let's start with types of gun used in mass public shootings from 98 through October 25th. This might shock a lot of people. And then I'll turn it over to you. Murders only with a handgun, 52.5%. Murders only with rifles, 16.8%. Murders only shotguns, 3.0%. Handgun and rifle, 13.9%. Handgun and shotgun, 8.9%. Rifle and shotgun, 2%. And all three types of weapons, 3%. John, let's start with that and take us into the, what is it, the, uh, who is it here, where are we at? Oh, and we're, we have to go to the gun violence archives. I hate to do it, but let's, let's get cracking. Take it away. Sure. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, if one listens to the media, news, you would think that, pardon? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Okay, I'm not sure what was going on there. Uh, well, I mean, if you listen to the media, one would think that most of the mass public shootings, and particularly the, the worst mass public shootings, are done with uh, so-called assault rifles. But as you say, even if you look at all rifles, uh, you know, cases where solely rifles of any type are used, uh, it's slightly less than 17% of these attacks. Even if you add them up in con conjunction with some other type of weapon uh, that's used, you get to about 30%. But, you know, the, uh, the thing is also, if you look at the most deadly shootings, it's not uh, attacks that involve solely rifles of any type uh, or assault weapons. Uh, they basically are the most deadly ones are the ones that involve multiple types of weapons. Um, and, you know, it's... Uh, and I think part of it is is that when a handgun's used, the media kind of ignores what weapons use. But if it's uh, uh, but if it's uh, something that they want to be able to call an assault weapon, it's uh, it gets much more prominent play. John, that's because the handguns aren't sexy enough. We all know that to be the case. And the GVA has it's numbers. To it's harder to demonize it because they all likely own one as well too. So there's that. But we won't waste time with that. But over the last year since Uvalde. As you mentioned in this report, over a uh, country's experience is staggering 650 mass shootings, according to Joe Biden, which is, was his claim. And he's been repeating this claim from the gun violence archives, as has all mainstream media. 
According to CNN, there had already been 568 mass shootings that year when Biden made that first statement about a year ago. And as you point out, these statements give an incorrect impression that there are massacres every single day. John, are, I have to just say this. Are the public, is the public not smart enough to figure out when they see a story that regurgitates the gun violence archives, for example, and they hear, well, there's been 650 mass shootings this year. Do you think Americans sit back and say, well, wow, golly, that seems like an awful lot. I don't remember hearing about 650 mass shootings this year. Do you think the public thinks that way? Well, unfortunately, I, I think that there must be a reason why Biden and the news media keep on reporting these things the way they do. So Biden or, or the news media, and of course, Obama used to do the same thing, is they'll pick uh, some recent, you know, horrible mass public shooting where many people were killed. And then they'll say, you know, there are lots of these occurring, you know, 600 or 500 and whatever. And giving the impression, as you say, that uh, they're all the same, but they're really comparing apples and oranges. You know, the gun violence archive, unfortunately, is never identified by the media as a gun control group. Uh, yet, you know, just to remind people about a year and a half ago, it came out that the gun violence archive had been lobbying the Centers for Disease Control to remove uh, any references to data on defensive gun uses from their website um, saying it, because the gun violence archive was worried that um, or complained that uh, the CDC putting that type of information up on their website made it more difficult for groups like the gun violence archive to get the types of gun control laws that they want to pass. It's simply inappropriate for the CDC to be determining what type of information to put up on their website based on the impact it has in terms of making it more difficult for the gun violence archive or other gun control groups to get the gun control they want. But putting that aside, uh, you know, um, they're really, as I say, comparing apples and oranges. Uh, the gun violence archives numbers include uh, any uh, shooting where four or more people are injured um, and in any type of situation, uh, and, and even that they, they, you have to understand injured doesn't necessarily mean shot. And they, even though they say four or more, uh, you can find, uh, three or more people injured, uh, in their data set. Uh, but beyond that, uh, most of their cases, about 80% or so, involve drug gangs fighting against each other over drug turf. Most of the rest uh, involve things like a robbery where multiple people have been shot. Now, those are bad. Nobody wants gangs to kill each other. Um, but they're very different from the types of mass public shootings that uh, Uvalde or whatever. And we can go into that. And they're the Yeah, we'll go into that after the break. They're also intentionally misrepresented. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get into race. We're going to give you a racial breakdown on these demographics. It's fascinating. Don't go away. Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. 
Yeah, freedom, passion, and precision. Daniel Defense. We'll be meeting with Daniel Defense tomorrow. Or um, no, not tomorrow's Monday. Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And whatever good news we get, as we see if there's any new products, we'll bring it to you next week live on the broadcast. Welcome back in AAR Ranches, Car Firearms Group Studio, Six Hour Mike. Mark Walters in front of that mic. X Insurance presenting it all. Let's go back to Dr. John Lott. Dr. Lott. The I, I want to get into the racial makeup here on this. I think I find this extremely right, well, fascinating. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe we should just finish uh, what we we're just talking about with regard to uh, the gun violence archive. And, and you know, the thing is, um, uh, if you define a mass public shooting uh, as way academics and the way the FBI would define these types of things, uh, you're talking about uh, a shooting that occurs in public. Uh, not part of some other type of crime like a gang fight over drug turf or a robbery uh, where four more people have been murdered. And, um, you know, it's if you look since 1998, you'll have anything from one to eight of those cases that occur over the course of a year. Uh, the trend has been slightly upward over that period of time. But, uh you know, even when you have eight in a year, that's a long ways from the 600 or something that they're talking about uh, here in these cases. And, um, you know, you look at the media, how the media covers it. You know, the media may cover, say, there's been 28 shootings in Chicago over the weekend, but they don't go into the individual cases that are there. And the reason why they don't go into the individual cases is because they've been overwhelmingly uh, drug gangs fighting against each other. And they just don't they know that doesn't have quite the same impact. People people don't people are much more concerned about somebody walking into a mall or a movie theater or a restaurant or a grocery store or someplace, a school uh, with the sole point of just killing as many innocent people as possible there than they are about uh, two gangs fighting against each other to control drug turf in Chicago. You know, again, that's an important thing. But the bottom line is that the causes and solutions for those two different types of cases are dramatically different. Um, you know, you and I have talked many times about how these mass public shooters explicitly in their diaries and manifestos talk about trying to target gun-free zones. Their goal um, is almost always just to commit suicide. And they know uh, the more people they kill, the more media coverage they're going to get. And their goal is to get media coverage. So, you know, they may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. Their goal is to go to a place where they know their victims can't defend themselves because then they can kill more people and get more media coverage. That's not the type of logic. That's not the type of thinking that goes through uh, drug gangs' minds. What determines how many of those types of attacks you have over fighting over drug turf are things like, you know, how much profits can they get from selling uh, illegal drugs? As the size of the profits go up, the amount of fighting between different types of gangs to control drug turf increases. Wouldn't the gun violence archives have more credibility if they came out and told us that? If they came out and said that we include these shootings in here? And I know why they don't do that. There's an agenda. But it certainly would give them more credibility. I think you and I talked last week or the week before. I'm of the firm belief that by failing to do that, they're eventually going to be outed. Let me give you an extreme example. Democrats win the White House. Democrats win an overwhelming 
majority in the House, and the Democrats win a trifecta with an overwhelming majority in the Senate. Democrats pass an assault weapons ban. Democrat president signs it. Guess what happens when assault weapons, quote unquote, using their phrases, ladies and gentlemen, not mine. But guess what happens when there are no changes statistically to the murders and the gun violence archives is forced to continue in to insist that there are still 650 or 640 or 588 or whatever the exorbitant number is. People are going to scratch their heads and say, well, wait a minute. You see, that will expose them. And eventually they're going to have to, if they'll be outed, they're going to have to tell people where those numbers came from. Now, that's an extreme example. But why, why won't they just be honest and tell us, yeah, this includes gang violence? Why, why won't they say that? I mean, we've already done the exact experiment that you're talking about. We had the federal assault weapons ban from 1994 right. to 2004, and it didn't uh, reduce the number of attacks with assault weapons. There was no change. Uh, You know, they like to go and use uh, this data from this one source, this Cliff Rivas guy out of uh, Columbia Teacher College in New York. Uh, And he, you know, lots of people have criticized him for his own kind of unique count for these types of cases. He inconsistently over time includes things like uh, gang fights over drug terms. But even if you take his numbers, uh, there's no change. He doesn't break it down by assault weapons versus others, uh, even though he's using this to push an assault weapons ban. You think anybody who wants to do it, even with his own definition of what an assault weapon is, even if his own definition of these cases, you would think he would break it down by assault weapons. Instead, he looks at total uh, mass shootings, uh, mass public shootings, uh, and um, he gets these drops, you know, or the increases uh, during the ban and afterwards, but it's driven uh, entirely by uh, uh, attacks that don't involve assault weapons. And But those numbers that you hear from Biden or you hear from other people are using uh, the Clarivas data that's there. So, you know, you say, you know, won't they have egg on their face when uh, it turns out that the numbers don't support them? The numbers haven't supported them in the past. It hasn't stopped them from continuing to make these types of claims and claiming that what a great success the assault weapons ban was. Now, you and I know that, you know, the 1994 assault weapons ban that banned guns basically on how they look rather than how they functioned, that there were semi-automatic handguns, semi-automatic rifles uh, that function exactly the same as, uh, you know, these so-called assault weapons. You know, an AR-15, while they may call it an assault weapon, is functionally identical to a small caliber semi-automatic hunting rifle, firing the same bullets with the same rapidity, doing the same damage. So why one thinks that banning certain guns based on how they look rather than how they function is going to have an impact on any types of attacks, particularly as, you know, we start off this conversation talking about the relatively small percentage of attacks that involve uh, any type of rifle uh, solely. Uh, You know, it's not really clear why they would think it would have a big impact anyway. They know it won't, but again, it's it's easy to theorize that if you think about it in these terms, well, who are they going after? Who are they trying to con? Millennial and Gen Z voters 
who are clueless about the 1994 to 2004 assault weapons ban and the actual results of that ban. They don't care. That's who they're pushing this to. You and I have been around long enough and lived through that to know the difference, but they're targeting that younger group of voters who are clueless to those facts. We're here to expose it. When we come back, give John the last word on that segment, and then we will go into the racial makeup. I think it's fascinating. I think you'll find it fascinating. We'll be back. We have two more segments with Dr. John Lott. You can visit him and help him at crimeresearch.org. We'll be right back. on KQAM, Wichita's Big Talker, and you're tuned into the Armed American Radio Network. Now let's get back to the man himself, Mark Walters. Yeah, Wichita's Big Talker. We love you guys. KQAM Radio, Wichita, Kansas. Ah, it's great to have you with us today. Mark Walters here on the Six Hour Mike Car Firearms Group Studios, X Insurance presenting it all. Ladies and gentlemen, please go out of your way. It's a good time to stop real quick and tell you to visit Armed American Radio's partners. You can find them all at armedamericanradio.com. Have you been building your goat guns yet? These things are incredible. If you're looking for a Valentine's gift for the gun lover and your family, GoatGuns.com. Use the promo code AAR. Get 10% off immediately. And they're priced great anyway at $39, $49. Take 10% off that and start your new hobby. It's an addiction. You'll love it. Pick up a pair of my slippers, MyPillow.com slash Armed American Radio. Heaven's Harvest Food, HeavensHarvest.com. You should be planning ahead. Heaven's Harvest has you covered. Cold where you are? Build a fire and support the Second Amendment. CuttingEdgeFirewood.com. It's win-win all the way around. I got a couple photographs of people who had their boxes of firewood delivered just yesterday. One of them in Florida, of all places. Great cooking wood. Great cooking wood. Make sure to check out CrimeResearch.org and all of our partners at ArmedAmericanRadio.com, including DefenderCoffee.com. And join the Second Amendment Foundation while you're at it at SAF.org. It's 15 bucks for a year. $150 one time for a lifetime member. Join a life, uh, join as a lifetime member like I am, like Greg is, and get in on the fight. Let's go back to Dr. John Lott. John, before we get into the racial aspect of this, which I found fascinating, I want you to comment, if you would, on what I said coming back from the break, that there, I, you know, obviously it, it appears to me anyway, and I could be wrong, but there, you know, we know that they're in this game for the long haul. And who are they targeting? It's my guess they're targeting millennials and Gen Z voters who are not privy to what we are privy to with the quote-unquote assault weapons ban. Those are the younger voters that they're going after. Could there be some merit to that? Uh, well, I think there probably is. I mean, you look at surveys, and younger people are much more supportive of gun control than older people are, uh, you know, but... Younger people are, on many different issues are more liberal than older people are, and I'm sure the education system and other things are leaning toward, you know, have had an impact on that. So, you know, we just have to figure out how to reach out on social media. I mean, because yeah. it seems to me the facts are are pretty clear on these types of things. So, um, but you know, you just uh, it's a uphill battle you know it's one of the reasons why gun control groups uh join with animal rights groups to reduce hunting because they have seen polls that and information that indicate that 
People who grow up in hunting families are more likely to own guns when they get older. Uh, it's, you know, they have lots of different ways that they impact us. Yeah. Yeah, there's a new story out now about the NRA going after uh, children in essays written about what the Second Amendment means to them at a young age. I mean, this is the, this is clearly the group that they're going after. This is a multi-generational fight, ladies and gentlemen, and it isn't going to go away anytime soon ever. John, let's get into the racial aspect of this. I thought this was fascinating. And as you mentioned here, ladies and gentlemen, you can read this at crimeresearch.org, by the way. 59.3% of the U.S. population was non-Hispanic white in 2022, 4% being Middle Eastern. So about 55.3% are non-Middle Eastern whites, 55% of the murderers and victims being non-Middle Eastern whites. Whites are slightly below their share of those involved in these attacks. While all the discussions about the racial motives of shooters, blacks are underrepresented, underrepresented as a share of the victims. Blacks comprise 16.7% of the murders, murderers, but only 9.9% of the victims. That 9.9% is less than 13.6% of the general population. Hispanics are underrepresented as underrepresented as a share of mass murders. 10.8% of these mass murderers are Hispanic compared to Hispanics, making up 18.9% of the general population. But their 17.1 share of the victims is close to Hispanic share of the general population. Now I'll go down to Asians, 6.1% of the population, overrepresented in both mass murders, 7.8%, and even more overrepresented, overrepresented as victims, 9.7%. Interestingly, 44% of the Asians murdered in these attacks were murdered by other Asians. Now we get to trans individuals are well overrepresented in terms of attacks. There are three estimates of the percentage of adults who are trans. John, take this one away. I found this fascinating because you go into the CDC's Behavior Risk Factor Surveillance System, Youth Risk Behavior Survey, and Gallup showing 0.7% in 2021, and the census puts it at 1% in 2023, of people who are trans. Yet, Trans share of mass public shootings over the 2018 to 2023 period is 7.4 times their share of the population. I found these numbers fascinating. What does all of that mean, if anything, or is it just the way the numbers shake down? I mean, I'm sure there's a certain amount of randomness that occurs there. But, uh, you know, there are certain groups that are overrepresented, underrepresented. I mean, uh, uh, you know, just with regard to whites, uh, Biden many times has tried to make this uh, uh, mass shootings as kind of a, a white male problem. Uh, and white males do make up most of the mass public shooters. But the problem is, is that they make up an even larger percentage of the general population. Right. And you have to take that into account. You know, if different groups just kind of randomly provided, you know, people doing this, then you know, they should match their share of the population. Uh, blacks are overrepresented. Hispanics are, and whites are underrepresented. Asians are overrepresented. You know, it's just, you know, it's not like there are huge, massive differences. Probably, you know, disproportionately Middle Eastern whites are are much higher than their share of the population, too. Um and trans are interesting. I mean, uh, we broke that out uh, simply because uh, uh, there have been a couple recent high-profile cases there. Uh, if you believe those surveys, um, about the average of the three surveys that you mentioned, 0.7%, uh, so less than 1%, 0.7% of, uh, of the adult population is trans. 
Um, and uh, uh, they make up much more than that of, uh, of, of, the, of the mass public shooters. Uh, you know, you look at it and what you find is that uh, uh, they make up about 5.4% of the mass public shooters. So they're, they're about 7.4 times overrepresented, you know, uh, compared to their share of the population, not trans are, are underrepresented. Uh, so it's something to at least keep one's eye on these things. Obviously, if we know generally mass, these mass public shooters are individuals who are suicidal and given the high rates of suicide among uh, p- trans individuals uh, who have gone through the process and what have you, uh, it's probably not too surprising then that they're overrepresented in terms of uh, of these mass public shooters. John, do these numbers mirror I would say, I don't know how to it, regular crime statistics in cities across the country? For example, in a city like Chicago or Philadelphia, Los Angeles, if we take any large, and I'm just going to throw this out because I'm the host and I can, Democrat-run cities, do these mass public shooting numbers also tend to mirror crime in general with guns? In some of these cities well, in like Chicago? Well, I mean, we know nationwide uh, about half of murders are committed by blacks, uh, uh, a little bit over that, actually. And their share of the population, they make about 13% of the population, but over 50% of the murders. So, you know, it's uh, so they're even more overrepresented in murders generally than they are in terms of these types of mass public shootings. Uh, they're overrepresented, but nowhere near to the extent that they are um, in the in the general in in murders generally. Um, the reason I asked that question, John, before we go to a break, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to to uh, to respond back is we're getting ready to take a break now. So I'll throw this out. The reason I ask that is because when I go back to the gun violence archives numbers, which we know are coming from the vast majority inner city gang related crime, which tends to be black on black crime. That's just something else that the gun violence archives, well, conveniently leaves out. When we come back, we have one more segment with Dr. John Lott here at AAR Ranch. Car Firearms Group Studios lit up for you on a Sunday. Mark Walters filling your prescription for freedom on the Sig Sauer mic. X Insurance presents it all. Gallagher wanting to let you know that the crew of the Desperado Sport Fish in Virginia Beach, Virginia supports Armed American Radio and the Second Amendment, and I'm right there with them. Now back to Mark Walters. Indeed. Welcome back. One more segment in Hour 1 of Armed American Radio's Monster Cast here from the Car Firearms Group Studios, presented by X-Insurance. Six-hour mic lit up. Welcome back. John Lott. We have one more segment with you, so I'm going to go right, jump right into you, cover as much ground as we possibly can. I, I found that interesting, John, about you know the, the GVA numbers. When you look at again, I, eventually they're going to get caught with these numbers. There's no way that they can't because those numbers don't lie, and any honest individual will have to know that. Will have to be able to admit that. It's more you know, proof the media that they're uses not. them as. Media uses them all the time. I mean, yeah. all, all the major media outlets are constantly uh, relying on the gun violence archive for their numbers. I mean, I wish 
we could go and have a large enough kind of uh, megaphone to make people realize how biased their numbers are. You know, I, I'll give you one example. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about the CDC, uh, the Gun Violence Archive and the other groups were arguing that we should, re- that the CDC should rely on the Gun Violence Archive uh, numbers on defensive gun uses because the Gun Violence Archive, they just look at news reports. They don't even get all those and they don't even get all those properly reported, but they're relying on news reports and they claim, you know, there may be 2,500 defensive gun uses in a year. And I've had arguments with the guy who's, uh, who runs the Gun Violence Archive, uh, both privately and in public, about doing that, you know, I, I say, <laughs> you know, do you really believe that the news media uh, covers all these defensive gun uses? And he'll claim that he thinks that every defensive gun use that occurs uh, is covered by the by the news media. And I'll, I'll point out things. I'll say, look, um, uh, of the 2,500 cases that you have, uh, most of those involve instances where the attacker has been killed. Uh, 42% of them involved instances where the attacker has been wounded. Only 4% of them involve brandishing. And most of those involve cases where the attacker was held at gunpoint until the police arrived. Do you think that that reflects reality? Because I would argue that the best evidence we have indicates that rather than 4% of defensive gun uses involve brandishing, I'd argue it's about 95%. And just simply point out that what makes something newsworthy doesn't necessarily reflect reality. That if you are an editor of a news bureau and you have two stories that come across your desk, one case is a dead body on the ground, and another case, a woman's brandished a gun, no shots are fired, nobody hurt, you're not even sure what crime would have been committed, uh, which story are you going to run with? Which one is your reader is going to find more interesting? The one where they don't even know what crime might have been committed? I mean, it's, and, and I can go and give you other things. You know, only about uh, 22 to 25% of violent crimes are even reported to police. You know, and, and what hap- what's the percent going to be if the crime never occurred because somebody was able to stop it from occurring? And so, uh, you know, it's, it's just not serious stuff there. And, of course, look, even if, the, even if the media reported all violent crimes that were reported to police, even if they covered them, there'd be nothing else in the newspapers. Yeah. They, you know, they, <laughs> they, can't, they can't even cover even a tiny fraction of violent crimes that occurred in newspapers. And so, you know, the notion that they're going to cover all the defensive gun use stories. And, you know, you and I have talked many times about how, you know, we'll find, you know, at crimeresearch.org, we have examples where people have used uh, legally concealed handguns to stop uh, what otherwise, according to police, would have been mass public shootings. But you're lucky to find one or two local news stories on these heroic type of things. Uh, they don't get national news coverage. Uh, it just gives you an example of kind of the biases in terms of what the media is interested in and not. And yet, uh, you know, I, I've, li- I've written a couple pieces for like Real Clear Investigations going through and Real Clear Politics and other places. And we have them up on our websites about 
some of the problems with uh, with the gun violence archive. But it's a tough battle because, uh, I mean, you do a Google News search on gun violence archive, and it's like every week major news outlets around the country, uh, and when there's a mass public shooting, uh, major news outlets around the country just give uh, the massive attention and never mention that they're a gun control group. Yeah, you know, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm part of that number. I brandished a firearm and pointed it at two people back in 2002 and stopped what was going to likely be a crime against me. But that's not sexy enough news, and it wasn't reported. It happened in the blink of an eye on a street corner on my way to work. But you see, to me, those stories are fascinating. Those, are, those to me, are great human interest stories. And if we heard enough of them, and there was enough volume of those stories. I think they would be they would become more news. But the fact is, it's why the GVA gets away with it, because they know the media isn't. So they can do it with impunity and just fail to report other than what they want, because they know they have that mainstream press hanging on everything that they say. But again, eventually, I'm convinced that they're going to be outed on this. The demographics themselves at some point, some reporter out there somewhere, I'm, I'm screaming for you if you're listening, do your damn job and take these people to task. And, I, I, John, I, I, I go back to what you famously said on the show a few months ago. It's why we have a radio show like this. It's why you do what you do to try to keep this information out there, and it's very frustrating. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we're up against, you know, we're David versus Goliath, Right. It's it's very difficult, but we just have to keep driving those points home. And that's that's why that is why you do what you do. John, let me take you with the last minute that we have. I, I found a, a fascinating story about the most from uh, I think it was a Daily Mail UK, the most dangerous mile in America in Oakland, where carjackings and armed robberies and car thievery is occurring all day long at about three or four different locations of people leaving the airport. And here it is in California, in Oakland, California, where people cannot protect themselves for the most part. And I just found that interesting because that story seems to sum up everything you've done for years. Imagine how it would change if people could defend themselves and criminals knew it. That crime would stop instantly, in my estimation, wouldn't it? Got about 30 seconds. Well, I mean, in California, you have this weird situation where they won't let law enforcement do its job. I uh, won't give them the resources or you have district attorneys who are refusing to prosecute violent criminals and they won't let individuals defend themselves either. So it's kind of like at least they're consistent in terms of <laughs> trying to make it less risky for criminals to go and commit crimes in, in many different ways. Yeah. And some of the cops that were interviewed for that particular piece said, we we don't even bother chasing. All I can do is put my lights on. And if they take off at a higher rate of speed, I'm not allowed to pull them over and if i try what's their incentive to pull over in the first place john thank you for everything that you do one more time i'm going to miss you this week coming up at shot show i wish i was going to see you there but we'll see you soon ladies and gentlemen that's john lott founder of crimeresearch.org crimeresearch.org john is a huge supporter of this program you know he's been on the program many many times over many many years please support him and his efforts he needs your help it's as simple as throwing five bucks over there crimeresearch.org coming up in the next hour we've got a full hour with neil mckay but it's going to be interesting ron DeSantis dropped out of the race today and is throwing his full weight behind donald trump who gleefully took the endorsement huh pretty interesting stuff 
And we'll all eventually tie it right back to your gun rights. It's Armed American Radio. We'll be back at six minutes after on the flip side with Neil McKay. You've just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 